Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. This is episode 446 of The Sausage Factory. In this episode, I interview Maxime Philippe and Alexandra Armon of Embers Games and ask them about the design and development of their Paris-based action-adventure game, Strayed Lights. This is another PAX East game. We're going to get a few more of these. I saw a lot of them when I was there. And at the time of recording, this show, I mean, it's not... Axis 2023, by the way. If you listen to this in the far future, then it doesn't matter. Point being, it's an extraordinary game. Of course it is. It's on the Sausage Factory. Only extraordinary games are on the Sausage Factory. But this one, this one comes across as combat heavy. Indeed, it is. But it's not destructive. Wait, that doesn't make any sense. I know. I know. And in order to find out more, you're going to have to listen to this show. Now, sadly, yes... Yes, the audio issues still remain. They will be gone, I can assure you. I've done much better at actually removing them for my, for some reason, me fading in and out. I've gone through a fine-tooth comb to fix it. I apologise. Nonetheless, doesn't cut, managed to cut through the guest, of course, who doesn't suffer from this audio problem at all. And, uh, yeah, really fascinating talk about making a passive-aggressive action game that does feature... Combat as its main core component of interfacing with you, or interacting with you, I should say. Very strange, but really, really well put together. Because it's, you know, of course it is. It's on the Sausage Factory. So he listened to me from the recent past, talked to Alexander and uh, Maxime. Yeah, let's do that. Chris, take it away. Hello, Alex and Maxime. Hello, Chris. Hello, Chris. Happy to be here. Could you tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, so we are um, a part of Ember Studio, a studio based in France. And I'm Alex, the creative director. And I'm Maxim, the game director. So could you tell us, how did you make your start making video games? It's We can answer together, maybe. Okay. Uh, we met in a previous studio, one which is called Voodoo, a hyper-casual mobile gaming company. And we were part of the first studio in this company, a little studio of four people. And then the company grew and grew and now has a really strong audience and more than 200 people. But somewhere in this timeline, we both left along with two other guys 
And a few years later, we decided to create games that are closer to what we actually play at home. And that's how we started Embers. Okay. So this kind of leads on to my next question. What are your biggest influences as video game creators? Uh, in terms of games, you mean? In terms of really the creation process, more like the thing that you are drawn to, that you're inspired by, that drives you on, that realize that why you do what you do, or indeed what influences the creation process. Yeah, in in terms of games and in creation process, one of our main inspiration is um, uh, Fumito Ueda's uh, process. He is the game director of games like uh, Shadow of the Colossus, for example, or The Last Guardian. And um, he uses the subtractive design. And uh, in his game, the most important is to keep always the essential of the game. So they create a lot of stuff and they only keep what is really the essence of the game. And what's just accessory is uh, cut out. And so you just have the best... The, the best experience possible in these games. And uh, his games are really games that we love, all of us. And uh, that's one of our main inspiration for this. And the reason behind it is that we love games passionately, but we also love art. And it is important for us to create experiences that are unique and memorable. And for us, this is a really great approach to do it. If you keep only the essence and you have this essence well-defined around concepts you love, you can create a tailored experience that people will remember, or at least we try to, and that is our approach with this studio. And it's certainly shown with straight lights, and it's a wonderful okay. answer. Less is more. It's a, it's, exactly. a phrase, it's a phrase that's very little, not really understood, and it comes up a lot in this show, so thank you. We have, you also do this because we want to have a team that can talk to each other and create a game that is the game of everyone. And so we stay at quite a low number of people. We are not more than 10 people in our team. And so with this approach, you have time to really develop this essence and not lose time with the rest while being able to talk to each other and create features that we all like. Yeah. Yes, so it's... Uh, so it's Physi uh, physi yeah. philosophically uh, something that we like like less is more, you said it but it's also um, uh, production uh, need because our team is so small Next question, I think you've answered this one already, strange that you, <laughs> you kind of bled it into influences which is not unsurprising but let's do this anyway What video game developer do you admire most and why? Yeah, there is this one that we already cited, but there is another one that we love a lot, and he's Matt Nava. Um, he is the art director behind Journey and responsible for lots of the game design decisions also. And he also has kind of this same approach of staying, well, really focusing on the essential and he has another component that we really love. It is the um, low amount of words or even no words at all. 
to focus on everything else that is available. So having a strong focus on the atmosphere, music, animations, and to show rather than tell. And we like the fact that players can have their own interpretation of the story. We like to keep it um, fairly open to what people can yeah, interpret. For example, with Straight Lights, we wanted to have a go at the journey of life and the human emotions. And so removing the texts allowed us to create characters around those emotions and make you feel directly those emotions and then interpret on how they were resolved on, or what the actual world would be for you. And this would vary depending on your life experiences. Riddled throughout journey and indeed straight lights, which we'll come on to, which can be interpreted in different ways, but less so. Less. Yeah. Right. Last question, the first half. Here we go. What are you playing right now? Oh, right now um, I'm playing Bloodborne because it's uh, the only source one that I haven't played yet and uh, I want to correct this. Uh, and uh, yeah, I also, I'm also playing uh, the remake of Advance Wars, Advance Wars 1 plus 2. So pretty different game. <laughs> I play a lot of kind of games actually, and uh, these are the ones I'm playing right now. And uh, yeah, soon I'll be playing Planet of Lana too, which is which looks great, and it's releasing later this month. Yes, I played that at uh, PAX West last year, and really excited for that little little creature you have with you. It's quite it's quite lovely. So yeah. Um, what, what about you, Alexi? What's distracting you from things? I have sort of a horror moment, so I'm playing in mostly horror games. Okay. I've been playing Darkwood, Outlast, Dredge. And Dredge, which was amazing, absolutely amazing. Yes, they've been on the show. Lovely group of people, wonderful game. And the atmosphere in it was so great. And I also try to mix a little bit of persona in it i had never tried uh, this license before and i'm trying it with persona 5 and i'm loving it for now nice well let's move on to the second half of the show where we're going to be delving deep into strayed lights
Let's go. First question. What is straight light? It is mostly about an atmospheric and cinematic adventure, which also features quite a lot of combat. And that has you play as a tiny flame that is newborn in a world quite hostile and dark. And that tries to restore their light. Um, doing so, they will face others just like you are that are rogue because they were deformed by their own emotions. And so you will have the chance to discover different emotions. Each boss is linked to one until you can finish your own journey and overcome your shadows and inner demons. It's a very profound third-person action-adventure game that leans into defense yeah. rather than an aggression. And aggression is actually an act of defense as well as a final act, as a final gesture. That's what really hit me quite hard with Strayed Light, how it portrays the interaction with the creatures that attack you. You're merely trying to defend yourself from them. Yeah, this was a key design element for us. We wanted to have a game about resilience. And so when it comes to resilience, it's more about growing from hardship. And the goal is not really to kill or to defeat others. Uh, so the main mechanic is about defending yourself and pacifying your enemies. You are not killing them, but you are soothing what is out of control instead. And so by doing, by doing so, you absorb your opponent energy because they are much bigger and much stronger than you are. And uh, by using their own energy against them to calm them down, that's how you soothe them. And uh, yeah, it was, it makes sense uh, from a law point of view, but also from a game design point of view. Yeah. Lovely when you reach that symbiosis, isn't it? Yeah. It's not easy. <laughs> so, the animation. Well, the attacks, is only one word I can describe it, by the creatures against the player's avatar uh, in Straight Lights is quite exaggerated. It's very advertised. It's the only word I can describe it. It's obvious to what's about to happen. Um, how have you found developing these animations so that the player is sufficiently informed about what's going on? Well, we had a very specific goal in mind. Even though we love hard games, we wanted to make this one accessible to a broader audience. So we wanted to have really telegraphed attacks. And to do so, we approached the work almost like partitions of music. And we were making sure that you would have enough time to read the attacks and have um, windows that are co consistent throughout the game so that you can learn um, the delays in which you have to parry or react. And once the partition is done, we can add all the flavor and the personality of the characters on top of it. Yeah, it was really important to add some acting in the wind-ups and at the end of the attacks uh, so you can really feel the personality of each boss because as there's no word spoken, you have to, to, to grab it from just what you see. Also, there is the unique mechanic of our game, which are the colors. 
as you have to match the color of your enemies, you can switch between two. And so can they. If we didn't allow for enough time, your brain would just fry. So we were quite uh, easy going on this. And this way you can take all in the timing, the color and the personality of the characters during those animations. And to balance all of this, we did quite a lot of playtesting throughout the whole development of the game. Uh, very early, we had playtester coming at the studio <laughs> testing just to see if um, if it was not too hard and pleasant to play. So, yeah, we, we did a lot of playtesting, and you can see it at the end of the game in the credits. You have way more playtesters than people that actually worked on the game. <laughs> Yeah, we had people come already in the first few months and throughout the entire production. There is an underlying message of repair and restoration that exists within Strayed Lights. Far from the outset, everything is broken and wrong. And this means that while there is conflict, it's about being bringing something back. It's about repairing not destroying. How have you found maintaining that core concept in the design of the aspects of all the, you know, did you find yourself having to sort of rein it in or is it always focused around that core concept of restoration and not just destruction? Well, the two words we based our design around were resilience which we talked about already, and also duality. And so when you combine those two, you have the fracture in this world that is all about duality, the difference of scales between our characters and the world, uh, the different environments, the size of the bosses, everything is quite hostile. But then when you lean into resilience, you try to find the balance. And so it, from a design standpoint, it was quite easy to follow those two principles and this created this contrast between the broken world and characters and your path that is all about light and balance. The emphasis on defensive actions in straight lights is so preeminent that to the point where if you do successfully parry and indeed do a sequence of parries, the player is rewarded for that in terms of health, yeah. In terms of, you know, they have special abilities that they can unleash to actually damage the creature. Well, you know, let's say damage, but, you know, uh, call, you know, encourage their restoration, so we say. Yeah. Was the presence of these rewards an act of what came first? Was it the rewards or was it just something that was added on as part of the parry or was it always there? I mean, it's an interesting concept that parrying actually heals the player um, for the healing for example uh, it came while um, game designing the the combat um, we noticed that the the funniest part of the game is not to have to wait like uh, if you have uh, auto heal you have to stop the combat uh, stand back wait for your health to get back uh, normal again and it's not fun. So we took some inspiration, for example, from Bloodborne, in which when you take damage, you can fight back again to restore your health. And um, 
And that's an idea that we applied to our game. And uh, as long as you play the game right, you can keep being alive. And uh, that's that's how you keep the, the game being fun. And that's how you, yeah, you, you maintain the rhythm of the combat. Because what we noticed really early in development is that when we wanted to implement this parry focus, most players would still want to attack all the time because this is what they are used to from earliest, earlier titles. So what we did is find all the ways we could to encourage you to play the game in the way that is the most fun. And so putting rewards on the parry or chaining parries and still leaving room for attacks was the best way to approach it. People could try a bit of everything, see that the parry, we were encouraging you to do it. We were not punishing you when you are failing at it. So you can do more and more and then you finally succeed and you feel all the satisfaction of landing one and you try even more and it is self-reinforcement with those mechanics. Yes, you did a wonderful job of the audio design on that. It, uh, when you successfully parry, you got a little spark and a chime that's quite long, quite loud. It's basically saying, yes, you should be doing this. I personally, that's what I equated it to, for, right, for good or ill. Yeah, we, we made the game the way that um, you are encouraged to parry a lot and just use attacks when you think that you can optimize your energy gains, but you are not uh, forced to attack. You can do only parries if you prefer, and uh, yeah, the, the rewards goes along with it. Yeah, yeah. I say only parries, but right at the end, you just go, oh, now I'm going to end this. <laughs> <laughs> So, I want to talk last question. Here we go, last question. The lighting. There's far more to lighting than straight lights than in most games. I'm assuming it's related to the name, maybe. I don't know. One came before the other. I'm not entirely sure. But um, how have you found working within confines of communicating to the player visually via light cues? Well, I found myself going to a place, not because of an arrow or some, you know, like marker on a map or anything, but just like, well, that's lit purple. That looks interesting. I'll go over there. That's it. That's, that's all you tell. You don't tell us anything. You don't say, tell us what to do. You just go, well, that's 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 interesting. I just want to ask you about the light crafting. It's the only way I can describe it, the crafting of the light and the yeah. use of it. Could you tell us how that came to be and um, how have you maintained that uh, language? It's a consequence of a design approach we have where we wanted to have the most immersive experience possible. So we stripped down most of the UI or the entire UI. So you have no maps, no markers, no quests. Uh, we wanted to have the players stay in the moment. And so once we have them there, have to guide them through other mediums and one of the best ways to do it was the level design and the um, lights around this level design so we suggest point of interest through composition and light and when you have no map you will naturally gravitate towards those points and we use this in all levels and we even had to build 
our own tools to be allowed to use lights like we wanted in Unreal, the, the engine that we used. Um, we built our tool to have transitions between environments and colors so that we can always use those lights to guide the player. Yeah, the the whole lighting of the game is a uh, is actually a combination of what Alex said, the level design part of the lighting to guide the player, and uh, the art direction. Um, our art di director Nicolas Fontani, uh, he wanted to make sure that each zone of the game has its own color palette, and uh, which so you can transition between all the zones, and you can see okay this zone has a more purple color, this zone has a more blue color. And um, just from a screenshot of the game, you can you can tell at which place of the game you are because of the main colors you can see. It's, it's one of the most striking aspects of straight lights. So it would be wrong of me not to ask about. So thank you for being so open and honest about how it came to be. Thank you. So, straight lights which has been developed by Embers. I have to ask, where's the name Embers come from? Mm. It's a good question. It's uh, an element, well, the actual definition, the, the, the Embers is an object, in a way, that we love, and that is related to fire, and that has a lot of life in it. And we like the visual of it, the sound of it, and it worked really well for logo. And altogether, it's made for a great name for the studio. What platforms? What platforms is uh, Straight Lights available on? Everything that can be played at home, and even yeah. more with the Switch and Nintendo um, and the Steam Deck. Yes, yes. So we have PC on most stores and all the consoles. In all yeah. of them, yeah. PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, yeah, Nintendo Switch, and uh, yeah, on PC it's available on Steam, GOG, uh, Epic. Epic Game Store, yeah, and you can play on Steam Deck as well. Thank you both for coming on the show. It's been really but, great having you on the show. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah, it was a pleasure. And uh, you're more than welcome to come back to talk about what you're currently working on, whatever that is. I know you can't tell me for another oh, 18 months, maybe two years. Who knows? But whatever it is, you're more than welcome to come back. We will be here. Yeah. It's already in the works. We hope it will be something that people love again. I'm sure. I'm sure it will. But until then, thank you very much. Thanks to you. You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Cane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash cane and rinse for early extended and exclusive podcasts find us on twitter facebook instagram twitch youtube and at our website cane and rinse.com <laughs> <laughs>